While you were experiencing minus 45, we were enjoying plus 75. I just wanted to say that. (laughs) Today is Membership Sunday, and a lot of people wonder, what is membership really all about? Does it matter? Does the Bible support such a notion? Because some people feel the Bible doesn't support the idea of a membership, and so therefore they are opposed to it. There's a lot of reasons why people become members or don't become members. I've got a list of documented reasons why people leave or stay at a church. And I want to share some of them with you because some of them uh, are really quite interesting, maybe even funny. Uh, Definitely, it's going to make you scratch your head and wonder what are people thinking. Maybe, maybe some of you will have been able to identify with some of these. I don't know. But uh, here's what some of the people who have come and gone from church give as a reason for it. Some say that the church is too close. Some say it's too far away. Incidentally, the average distance that people travel to church is nine miles. Some say the congregation is too affluent. Some say it's not affluent enough. Some say the pews are too crowded or too empty or that there are chairs instead of pews. Or some say that because there's pews and no chairs, they will leave. It's amazing the reasons that people will give for staying or going from a church. Some say the pastor's paid too much. Some say the pastor's not paid enough. Some say the church budget's too big. Some say it's not big enough. Some say the church has too many people on staff. Some say not enough on staff. Some say the church has too many youth activities. Some say not enough. Some say the pastor spends too much time preaching on hell. Others say the church doesn't spend enough time preaching on hell. Uh, some say I didn't get a, appointed to a, a church committee that I wanted to be a, a committed, uh, appointed to. Some say I got appointed to a church committee I didn't like. Some say they didn't like the color of the carpet. Others said it was too bright. Some said it was too neutral. Some said the church had too many buses, and some said the church had no buses. These are reasons. These are actual reasons that people have given for leaving their church or staying at their church. Here are some reasons um, I have heard for joining another church. Some say the church is too big. Some say it's too small. Some say it's too medium. Some say the church sings too many courses. Some say it sings too many hymns. Some say it doesn't sing enough of either. Some say the church uses the King James Version, the New International Version, the New American Standard Version, the Revised Standard Version, the New Revised Standard Version, the New King James Version all of which are not the right version or the wrong translation. That's true. I've heard pastors actually preach on what is the true biblical uh, Bible, the one that the Apostle Paul used and the one that uh, we should use. Um, Some say the pastor preaches too long. Some say not long enough. Some said the pastor didn't shake my hand. Some said I didn't shake the pastor's hand. The church has too many or not enough social activities. The services are too emotional or too dry. Some said the minister is a great pastor but not a great preacher or a great preacher and not a, much of a pastor. And here's my personal favorite. The other church has a better-looking pastor. <laughs> and my wife would say that 
this church has the best looking pastor. Don't patronize me. As long as my wife thinks that's all that matters to me. Now, not one of these reasons includes anything about God's leading, about opportunity to serve, or belonging to the family. And yet these are the reasons why we take up membership. This is the reason we go to a church, because God has led us there, because we have the opportunity to serve in the church, or because we belong to the family. These are the most important reasons for going to a church. We live in a culture and a society that is used to being waited on. We're, we're used to being served. We have turned church into a consumer religion where we go to a church for the best program, the best special effects. We're not happy unless it's just out of this world and, and I've got all my needs met. Can I remind you that this is not a New Testament idea? There's nothing in the Bible that supports that kind of reasoning. We, we belong to a church because God leads us to it, because we have an opportunity to serve, and because we belong to a family, because we've established relationships. Now, I'm going to tell you this, that although there is no specific scripture verse or commandment in the New or the Old Testament says, thou shalt become a member. Although it's not explicit, it is absolutely implicit. It is implied very clearly. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 talks about the church functioning in an orderly fashion, in an orderly way. Paul says that God is not the author of confusion. And God gives us very clear instructions as to how the church is supposed to function and what is supposed to happen. Can I tell you that the bottom line of this church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ? That's the bottom line. Those are the last words Jesus gave before he left this earth. The last commandment was go into all the world and make disciples, teaching people to obey everything Jesus has commanded. Now listen, that's what we're about here. But the question is this, is how can I do this in an orderly fashion? Because, you see, someday I'm going to stand before Jesus Christ and I'm going to have to give an account for my work and whether or not I did, in fact, make disciples. So how, how do we do this? Well, we do it in an orderly fashion. We create, a definite, we create definite and clear boundaries. We create a structure wherein we are able to track the development of all those who belong to our church. We call it membership. Now, the Apostle Paul uh, makes it very clear that, that we are to be part of, involved in the local church. And we'll talk more about that in just a moment. When I say the local church, I'm talking about a specific church. We've got the church universal, which is actually... All believers around the world, everybody who follows Christ and puts their faith in Jesus Christ are part of the universal church. But around the globe are what we call local churches. And this is a local church. This is a church that you can attend. If the church was in Jerusalem, for instance, you couldn't attend church every Sunday, could you? I mean, you could try. And if you were wealthy and could afford airline tickets every week, 
So what we have is what we call local churches, a place for you to belong. And so I want to tell you that this, this church has a membership process whereby we invite you to be committed to this church and allow us the privilege of training you, of teaching you, discipling you, helping you grow in your Christian life. And many, many people go to church every Sunday and they're not missed. They go to church every Sunday, they're not involved. They go to church every Sunday and frank, quite frankly, uh, they're not connected in any way. I'm going to tell you, this is not God's original plan. God's original plan is that you be connected. God's original plan is that you come to a church where you are going to grow and, and be established and be developed. That's what Cross Church is all about. And this is why we invite people into membership. Mark mentioned that we've got 31 people who have signed up for membership. In the first service, we had almost half of those people uh, uh, we welcome them into membership, and the, at the end of this service, we'll be doing the same thing. The uh, of that number, we'll have them here this morning, and we'll be welcoming, welcoming you into membership. But I wanted you to know, before we did this, went through that, that ritual, we wanted you to know what it was all about. And so this morning, uh, we're asking people to commit to membership in our church for four reasons. And the first one is what I call a biblical reason. We're going to talk about a cultural reason. We're going to talk about a practical reason and then a personal reason. So let's talk about the biblical reason first. And here's a scripture verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. If you would read this with me, it says, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Now, what you need to understand this morning, uh, the Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, the believers in the city of Corinth, he says this about, about the church. He says, we are, in fact, a body. This is what this, is what this church consists of of, of, of individuals who make up parts of the body. I, uh, I, as some of you know, I broke my leg back in the um, end of August and was without use of this leg. And I can tell you, uh, I, I was very aware of the fact that I was minus a foot. Some of you know what it's like to, to, uh, to be ill and to be sick and, and not have use of an arm, a limb, an eye, whatever. And you, you really feel it. Well, can I just tell you that this is what the Apostle Paul wants us to see or recognize about his church. Is that every part of the church is, is, is valuable. Every individual. And this is why it says, uh, now you are uh, the body of Christ and members individually. Every one of you counts. Every one of you is important to the health of this church. And when one part of our church, when one of our individuals, one of our members is suffering or broken and hurting or doesn't show up for duty or whatever, then we all suffer. And this is the picture that the Apostle Paul wants us to see. So what one of you is not present, one of you is not doing what it is that you're supposed to be doing in the body then the rest of the body really, really suffers for it. I'm so glad when my foot was healed and I could walk around normally and didn't need the crutches anymore and I could get back to my full potential. 
I'm going to tell you, the church is at its full potential when all of its members are doing what they're supposed to do in the body. This is a biblical reason. So here's, here's what you need to understand today. Jesus Christ made a commitment to the body of Christ. The body of Christ is just another term for the church. If Jesus Christ made the kind of commitment that he made, and you the commitment he made, he died for us to take away our sins. That's the kind of commitment he, he made for us. Well, guess what? You and I are also called to make that kind of commitment to his body, to his church. And that's what membership is all about. It's a way for us to know who it is that we can depend on. It's a way for us to know who's on the team and who's, who's going to help us achieve the vision, the dreams, the goals that God has given us to achieve. Every once in a while, I'll hear somebody say, you know, uh, I, like, I like Jesus, but I'm, I'm not too crazy about the church. But can I just remind you of something? Jesus calls the church his body. In another passage, it refers to the church as his bride. He's the groom and we are his bride. And the Bible talks about the day when his bride will be uh, united with him at the end of time. His bride, that's the church, being united with him. This is the imagery to help us understand the close and loving relationship that Jesus Christ has with us. Now, if someone says, I like Jesus Christ, but I'm not too crazy about the church, really what they're saying is something like this. I'm com- I, I, I like Jesus, but, uh, or it would be like saying to you, I like you, but I don't like your body. I mean, that's pretty insulting, isn't it? And Jeff, if I said, I like you, but your body. <laughs> don't be hurt. It's just... <laughs> or here's, here's something worse. I like you, but I don't like your wife. You know, it's, it's the same thing. Really, that's the same thing, isn't it? We, I like Jesus, but I don't like the church. You're saying essentially, I like you, but I, I don't like your body, or I don't like your wife. You need to understand how important it is for you to be connected to the body of Christ. I would tell you today that the one who says, I'm gonna, I love Jesus, but I'm not going to church, is an extremely immature believer, if, in fact, that person is indeed a believer. I know this, is that everyone who's put their faith in Jesus Christ and come to love Jesus Christ will love the things that Jesus loves. And I can tell you that there's nothing that Jesus loves more than his church. And so we ask you to make a commitment to his church to love what Jesus loves. And this morning, we're going to be inviting people uh, to make that final commitment. It's a second step, really. The first step is to give your, give your heart to Jesus. The second step is to, is to be committed then to his church. The Bible says that Jesus died for his church. He gave his life for it. And now he's asking you to give your life for the church as well. And not just for the church, but for the mission and the vision of the church. I'm going to tell you, our church is not perfect. And there's nobody that knows us better than I do. I, I lay awake at night sometimes thinking of ways that we, we can improve and how we got to get it better and how we can be better at what we do. I think of ways that, you know, i got to be a better pastor. And that's probably the thing I beat myself up for most is that I feel sometimes I'm not, not as good as I could be or should be. But here, here's, here's what, I, what I feel the Spirit of God saying to me every time I feel like beating myself up. God reminds me that 
that I'm not the only minister in this church. And everybody who's taken the membership class knows what I'm talking about. Remember we said that we are all ministers? That's right, that's what the Bible says. I'm the administer. My job is to equip you to, for, so that you would do the ministry. And when you become a member, you're saying, okay, I'm going to get on board with this, and I'm going to actually become a minister. I'm going to start ministering to people and ministering to the church and ministering unto the Lord. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. We minister to each other. Our church has grown to the point now where it is, it is really impossible for me to visit everybody. I can't do it. I cannot personally minister to everybody who's called this place home. But guess what I do know? I know that you can minister to each other. So look at that person beside you this morning and say, you're a, you're a minister. Go ahead, tell them that. Yeah. Now here's the difference between you and me. I get paid to be a minister, you don't. <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm at this full time. And I'm going to tell you, just so that you know, I, I mentioned that earlier that Gloria and I got away for a little break. It's because last year... Uh, we took almost no time off for vacation and was exhausted, really, really very tired. My, my elders have been after me and told me I can't be doing this anymore. I've got to take more time off. Well, look, at, the only time that I can get a break is if everybody else will step up to the plate and do their job. I'm not chastising you this morning. I'm just reminding you what, you, what and who you are. You're, you are ministers called by God to serve his church and to serve him. Do you know that it is impossible to fulfill at least 58 verses of the Bible if you're not committed to the church? Do you know how many verses there are that talk, we call them the one another verses, it's where it says love one another, care for one another, encourage one another, greet one another, counsel one another, pray for one another, share with one another. You can't do any of these things if you're not connected to the body of Christ, which is the church. So there's a biblical reason. There's a second reason. I call it a cultural reason. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18, it says this. Read that with me. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. Now, can I just remind everybody this morning that the big thing about our culture, society in North America for sure, is that it's, it's all about me. It's all about what pleases me. It's all about what I want to do. This verse speaks of a different culture and a different mindset, which says it's not all about you, and it's not about what pleases you. It's about what pleases God. This is what it means to be a Christ follower. Your, your, your ambition, your desire, your motivation is to please God and not yourself. And so when you become a member of the church, you are... You are, in fact, saying, I'm going against what my culture says. It's an antidote against what the culture tells us that we should do. And I'm going to tell you, God calls you into, into submission, to submit to his will. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleases. This is your, this is your home. This is your family. This is your church. This is the place that God wants you to be. And so here's what you need to do, is you need to say, God, what do you want me to do for this church? God, what do you want me to do through this church? 
Some people have answered the call and are going to be going to Burundi this summer. Some are going to Costa Rica. Some are involved on Tuesday nights at kids' clubs. Some are involved Sunday morning teaching Sunday school. But you're saying, how can, what do you want me to do, God? What do you want me to do in your body, in your church? Because it's not what I want to do, God. It's what you want to do. Isn't this exactly what Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane just before he went to the cross? He said, Father, not my will, but thine be done. And when you become a member, folks, guess what you're doing? You're telling the culture. And you're, you're, you're making a statement to everybody who knows you. You're saying, I'm going against what the culture tells me to do, and I'm doing what God wants me to do. I was so, so thrilled that yesterday, uh, actually Friday night, my kids were at youth group. They all, they all take off, go to youth group together, hang out till late at night, get in late. And that there's, there's vine making. You might have seen that on the video clip this morning. The vine making is, is the, the decorations that we're going to be using for our missions banquet that's coming up. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing event, and the decorations here is unlike anything you've ever seen before. And by the way, this year it's going to be different, so you don't want to miss this. But there's my kids having, uh, you know, typical teenagers that could easily sleep till one or two in the morning, or two in the afternoon. Uh, there they are getting up early in the morning to come out down to the church. And this is not without glory or myself. They're coming on their own to get involved and to serve the church. And I think to myself, man, these are not typical teenagers. And I thank God that they have learned at this young age what it means to be committed to something other than themselves. Because by nature, we are so self-centered. If you can teach your kids, parents, if you can teach your kids what it means to be committed to something above and beyond themselves, they're going to be the happiest kids on the earth. Here's a church advertisement appealing to low-commitment people. Okay, Because this is what the culture really wants to offer to, to people, to attract them. They want to offer this low-commitment You'll notice that at our church, we set standards high, and we, 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 we call you to do uh, amazing things. We call you to do what the Bible tells you to do. And it's all by faith, because you can't do it on your own or in your own energy, your own wisdom, your own strength, or your own motivation. You really need God's help. And this is when Christianity gets really fun and really exciting. But here's a, an advertisement. I, I don't think it's true, or, uh, but it, it's a church advertising itself to, to get people to, to come to, to their church. And uh, rather than, than, than setting the bar high, they're setting it very low to get people in the doors. And here's what it says. Quote, Has the heaviness of your old-fashioned church got you weighted down? Try us. We are the new and improved light church, L-I-T-E of the valley, light church of the valley. Studies have shown we have 24% fewer commitments than other churches. We guarantee to trim off guilt because we are low-cal or low-calvin. We are the home of the 7.5% tithe. We promise 40-minute worship services rather than the 60-minute ones, and we offer 10-minute sermons. Next Sunday's exciting text is the story of the feeding of the 3,000, rather than the 5,000. We have only eight commandments, rather than 10, and you get to choose which ones apply to you each week. We use just three gospels in our contemporary New Testament called good sound bites for modern human beings. 
We take the offering every other week. All major credit cards are accepted, of course, or use our easy payment plan. We are closed the first week of hunting season. Yes, the new and improved Light Church of the Valley could be just what you are looking for. We are everything you want in a church and a little bit less. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The temptation for me as a pastor to try to, to keep everybody happy and to try to keep everybody here and make sure I don't lose anybody is the temptation is to lower the bar to make things easy for you. But here's what I've discovered as pastor is that people respond best to a challenge, to go above and beyond who they are and what they are and where they are. And that's what, this is what, com- what commitment is all about and that's what membership is all about here at Cross Church. As we're calling you to a higher standard, we're calling you to stop living for yourself and start living for God full out. We're not, we're not looking for 99%. We're looking for 100%. And I can tell you this, is that every time we set the bar high, we see an amazing response because people know that they're happiest when they're doing great things for God. And that's what this church is about. We have done amazing things. It's not, a, it's, it's not conceit, we're not bragging, but we're talking about the great things that God wants you to do. Some of you here today have taken that step of faith and you're going, you're going to be going to a mission field this summer. You've never done anything like this before. You didn't know how you were going to afford it, but suddenly the money started coming in in strange ways. And you've discovered that God is a God of his word and that God fulfills his promises. And the only way that you discover that God is a God who fulfills his promises is by stepping out and doing the, the difficult or the impossible. You see, here's what you will discover here, is that when we come to the end of ourselves, where we, where we could say, it's no longer possible for me to do this, this is where God moves in and does the impossible. And this is when Christianity gets really exciting. This is when following Jesus becomes a real blast. And people in this church are discovering that in ways that, that has absolutely amazed them. So we talk about a biblical reason we talk about a practical reason, a cultural reason. I want to talk to you about a practical reason. Look what it says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 20 to 21. And again, I remind you, just after the service, get your Bible out and read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where it talks all about the body of Christ and what it means to be a member in that body. But it says this, But now indeed there are many members, yet one body, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So here's what you need to understand today. Everybody here today is important. Would you tell a person beside you, you are really important? Go ahead, tell them that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, some of you are really shocked at it. You didn't know you're important. And it's a good thing you came to church today because you found that out. You are really important. Now, listen, when Gloria and I came to this church, actually, today is our anniversary. Today is our 19 years across church. 19 years ago, we met in a little building over on Elgin Avenue. 
And we had just had a handful of people, uh, and we actually have some of those people still with us, and some are in the service today. But um, 19 years ago, when we came here, with just a handful of people, Gloria and I did just about everything. I, did the, I, I made the bulletin every week. I shoveled the snow. I did plumbing. I remember one time our basement flooded at the other church. We had sewer uh, up, to our, up to our knees, and the church needed a backwater valve, and being the son of a plumber, uh, who else was going to fix this? And we couldn't afford to get anybody in, so I got a jackhammer. I, I hammered out the floor, dug it out, and, and put a backwater valve in. I don't let people know that I know how to do that stuff too much because I don't like getting called to do plumbing work uh, now that I'm a pastor. But I did it all, I just, we, just because... Nobody else was around to do it. I did the renovations. I did the painting. Uh, did the drywalling, taping. Uh, did the visitation, the preaching, the visitation. Everything. Did everything. And I said, to me, I said to the Lord one day, God, I don't think I can keep this pace up. And God says, well, who asked you to? Anybody ever had God talk to you? I mean, not in an audible voice. I wasn't hearing voices or anything. But in my heart, who asked you to do all that? And that was, a, that was a, the, the beginning of a change in my way of, of seeing the people that were coming to church every Sunday. And I said, I need you to help. I need you to come and help me get the job done because I can't do it alone. My friend, listen to me. The, the church is made up of a collection of ministers. And everybody here today, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, and the Bible says you are a minister. I know, look at I know that a lot of people think that they show up to church to be ministered to by the pastor. But I'm going to tell you what the Bible says, really, about what the body of Christ is all about. The Bible says that you and I are a holy priesthood. All of us are called to minister to God and to minister to each other. This is the way the body of Christ works. In fact, the Apostle Paul, in using this beautiful, beautiful analogy of the body, he's saying everybody is, is a body part. And the, the, the eye can't say to the, to the feet, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And the feet can't say to the, to, to the arm, I don't need you. We, we need each other. And together, when we all do the thing that we are able to do, the thing that we're gifted to do, it's amazing what we can accomplish. I thank God that after, after 19 years, we have so many people engaged and involved in doing the ministry in this church. You know, some people think that membership is not a biblical idea. And I'm going to tell you today, it really is a biblical idea. It's a way for us to know who we can count on, who belongs and who is on the team. The army has an enrollment, isn't that right? School, if you want to go to school, there's a roster, there's an enrollment. Every team has an enrollment, a roster. Every business has a payroll. Even the country has a census and requires voter registration. It's a way for us to know what's going on. And even more than that, it's a way for us to know how best to serve you. In just a few moments, we're going to be inviting all our new members up to receive a towel. And on this towel, basically says, 
Cross Church. Can you see that? It says Cross Church for life. Now, for some of you might think that's a sentence, a life sentence. <laughs> In fact, what it is, it's a place where you really come to life, where you really live. This is a place where you will belong for the rest of your life, where you will feel and know that you belong to our family. I'm going to just, uh, I just want to say this. You know, over the years, like we've given out towels to our new members over the years. And by the way, we do have towels for our new members, but we also have towels for those who have been members for years. So we want you to make sure you pick the, your towel up after the service. But, but why a towel? I'll tell you why. Because a towel represents serving. And that's really what this is all about. It's a place for you to sign up to serve and say, I want to use my gifts. I want to get involved. I want to do my part for this church. Pastor Ellen, I don't want you to do it all yourself. I want to get on board and I want to help do the work that God's called you to do. You're called to serve. And Jesus sets the example. Remember, remember he got down on his hands, on his, on his uh, knees, and, and, he, and he washed the feet of his disciples. Basin of water and hand and a towel, and he washed his disciples' feet. Folks, that is what we're about here. We're about serving each other and serving this community. I don't even tell you, this church has made a big impact on this community. Some of you, if you've ever driven down Allegan Avenue, you'll see a brand new play structure in the playground there. Do you know why that play structure is there? It's because of this church. It's a $200,000 play structure. It's because this church, a few of the people in our church said, we've got to make a difference in this community. My wife and Marilyn Davidson and somebody else got together and they, they began to raise money and they got that play structure. And I'll tell you, everybody in the community knows it was this church that made the difference. The other day when it was minus 45, I was just pulling out of the church about 7 o'clock at night. And um, I just happened to glance over and I noticed that there was an elderly gentleman, big beard, standing at the bus stop. And as I'm driving away, God said, you get, turn around and pick him up. And take him wherever he needs to go. And so I did that. And I said, you know, I just turned out of the... Uh, first of all, I said, do you, I, was, I was about to ask, do you need a ride? And without me even, before I could even finish the sentence, he had the door open, he was sitting in my car. And then I said, do you need a ride? <laughs> Which is kind of uh, redundant, right? So anyway, he, he says, yes, I do. And I said, well, I, just saw, I was just, just coming out of the church, and I saw you standing there. And I thought, man, i got to pick you up. He goes, this is a great church. I said, oh, you're familiar with our church? He goes, Yes. When the church was distributing free clothing, I came and got my free clothing here. And when, you, when times I've needed food, I've been able to get food here. My kids, my grandkids come to this church. And I want to say thank you so much for what you've done. Strong smell of alcohol in his breath. I reached over and took him by the hand, looked him in the eye, and I said, why don't you come visit us someday? And he said, I will. So I was looking around for him today. I didn't see him, but I'm going to keep looking. And uh, here's the thing. I know where he lives now. <laughs> I said to him, God bless you. And he said to me, and God bless you. That was cool. To know that this church has made that kind of an impact on this community. And I can tell you story after story of people whose lives have been changed because of this church. 
Because of people like you who've made a commitment and said, I want to belong here. I want to do my part here. I just want to share um, one more reason. It's a personal reason. 1 Corinthians 12, 24 to 26. And it says this, But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer and if, with it. And if one, another is, if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. So here's what you need to know today. When you become part of our family here, when you make the commitment to this church, it's not just you making a commitment to this church, but we make a commitment to you. You, you don't go through this life alone. If you knew the people in our church who have suffered and struggled, been rejected by their family, rejected by a mother, rejected by a father, but have come here and been embraced and loved and welcomed. I had just after the, after the first service, I had someone give me a big hug and say, you have no idea. This was, this was one of the new members. Give me a big hug and say, you have no idea how much this means to me. You have no idea the impact that this church has made on me. And I said, well, I want you to know, you have no idea what impact you've made on me. You need us and I need you. Listen, this is what membership is all about. Membership is all about finding your place in the body and doing the thing that God wants you to do. Because here's the thing. There's certain things that only you can do. And when you are not showing up to do what only you can do, we all suffer. When one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. There's a family in our church right now going through an extremely difficult time. Well, you know. Louise Norsworthy in the hospital right now and just teetering on the edge. Yesterday when Gore and I were up to see her, the... uh, extubated her. She had uh, had tubes in her throat helping her to breathe. And they took them out yesterday and we're just praying that God would continue that process of healing her. As Gloria and I were standing there with Garrett and their two sons, I felt very much like Gloria and I were part of the family. And guess what? We are. And I said, God, thank you for the privilege and the honor of being able to be here with the family in their hour of need. It's the highest calling. It's the highest privilege. It's the highest honor. I got a call this week from from John Arsenault saying, Pastor, I just want you to know I'm going to pick up Garrett for church every Sunday. He just lives near us. Don't worry about finding anybody else. Just leave it with me. I, I got off the phone. I just said, I just breathed a prayer of thanksgiving. I said, God, thank you for this awesome family, this awesome church called Cross Church, where we take care of each other, where the load is shared by many. This is what you're invited to be part of. You're invited to be part of this awesome family that cares for each other and does great things for God like going to Costa Rica to hand out boxes to children full of the things that they need. It goes to places like Burundi to set up orphanages. This is the stuff that this church does. 
ministering to the people of the north and ministering to the people of this community. That's what this church is all about. And if you're a member of this church, then you can say, that's what I'm about. Would you pray with me, please? Father, I just want to say thank you right now for this, this amazing family called Cross Church. I thank you, God, that I have the privilege of being the pastor here. And I thank you for the privilege of being part of such a great family that it's committed to caring for and helping the needs of others. God, as we now welcome into membership these, these new people, we pray that they would sense, uh, sense the calling and sense, sense the destiny that comes with this, of making a difference and a belonging. And so, God, we just want to give you thanks for your goodness, for your love, in Jesus' name. And everyone said it.